Broadcasting from the Hip Hop Weekly Studios, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Civic Cipher. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Big shout out to my guy, Q Ward, who is on the other side of the world in Italy. Wow. Right now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great. He's uh, living his life to the fullest and also impacting the world. So don't fear. It's not just a vacation. He is bringing a little bit more joy and kindness to this planet as he does. But fortunately, we have a special guest uh, in studio with us today, Jacob Rayford, better known to me, at least, uh, as Rocky Tirade. Um, now, for those that don't know, uh, my background is in hip hop broadcasting, not necessarily social justice and so forth. And Rocky, as I know him, uh, is a longtime contributor to the many shows that I've done on the radio. Rocky is an artist, but also Rocky and Jacob <laughs> has really um, leaned into activism. I'd say more or less around the same time as Q and I did around 2020. I know you've always been active as have yeah. we, yeah. Um, but around that time, we realized that there was a, a need or rather more from people like us in leadership yeah, positions. Yeah. And so today we're going to be talking to Rocky about, let's be honest, about the importance of holding office because that is a space where you are, have been very effective and you've been able to shape some outcomes. And then for the second half of the show, we're going to discuss some of the outcomes that you've helped shape. In particular, uh, there's been a story that has made national headlines about, you know, especially in Arizona, about people not being able to uh, film the police right. and how you've been instrumental in pushing back on that and actually getting that overturned. So a lot to look forward to in today's show. Uh, but first and foremost, like we always do at this time, let's get into some Ebony Excellence. Mm. So today's Ebony Excellence is sponsored by Major Threads. For innovative, fashionable sportswear, check MajorThreads.com. I'm going to be sharing from ABC7 Chicago. And I'm going to do this in honor of all of my skiwis out there across the country. So the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority has incorporated its own credit union. Bravo. Uh, the four members only or FMO credit union is the first black owned woman led sorority based digital banking financial institution in the history of the United States. The AKAs are one of America's oldest service organizations founded by college educated African-American women with nearly half a million members worldwide. Everyone, uh, quote, everyone doesn't understand the impact we make financially. So you have to start doing things so folks know we know how to control our money, uh, said Danette Anthony Reed, international president and CEO of the AKA sorority. Uh, FMO's grand opening at the group's international headquarters in Chicago coincided with the 115-year-old sorority's leadership conference. The FMO is chartered, regulated, and insured by the National Credit Union Administration. In other words, it's official. And will offer primary savings, loans, and other banking services during its first year of operations. It's open to AKA members, their immediate families, AKA staff, and credit union employees. I have another quote for you. Every member will be an owner of the credit union, said Terry Bradford Eason, FMO Federal Credit Union Executive Director. The first of its kind credit union is based in part on the sorority's six initiatives, which include building economic wealth, 
Plans for the credit union began a few years ago with the idea to create economic health and financial stability for women of color. So again, shout out to the Skiwis. Um, shout out to Dr. Westenberg. Yes. She's, she's the main yes. Skiwi in my life. Oh, amazing. Uh, Dr. Westenberg is yeah, so amazing. Yeah. And, big big uh, shout out. Big shout yeah, out. so really proud of you all. All right. Um, on to my guest. Now, I did my best to kind of give you a bit of an introduction, but uh, I know that there's a lot more to it. And so uh, for everyone listening, I would like to go through this line by line. Sure. Um, but before I get there, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, who you were and and sort of what led you to being more of an activist. I kind of gave yeah. a quick and dirty version of the story, but I think it's important for our listeners to know that. Um, I mean, artist. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Being uh, MC, artist, you know, performer. It's just hip hop has been part of my life. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. Like you embody yeah. hip hop in, in in multiple ways. I mean, both in terms of your contribution, in terms of your family's contribution. Like sure. it's just what we are. So you know, I've been you know part of um, you know the hip hop realm for some time, doing my best to represent Phoenix, Arizona on my travels, both, you know, regionally, nationally, internationally, you know, regarded as someone who's nice with the pen, who's able to put together some complex lyricism and things of that nature. And uh, because of my own individual perspectives, there's always been things that I incorporated into like my art that has been, I guess, considered to be socially conscious and things of that yeah, nature. Challenging, you know? challenging. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. totally unintentional stuff. But, you know, because of that, I've been pulled into specific areas and, um, you know, that led to me being a part of various social justice movements since the early 2010s, going back as far as um, Occupy Wall Street times. We had Occupy Phoenix and, you know, the various unfortunate issues that uh, would occur over the over the following years when it comes to uh, police brutality. And, you know, one of the many faces that would show up in in, in those spaces and whatnot. Um, but really, at that time, I was moving solely, strictly as as an MC, as an artist and yeah. doing everything from knocking out your wake up shows to, you know, putting out, uh, you know, records for Green Lantern and all sorts of things. And, sure. you know, life ended up pulling me in a different direction while, you know, still leading as an artist. But being being a musician is always something that's been very like just foundationally a part of who I am as a human being. Sure, sure. Now, um, I noticed that you got in uh, a little bit of a slight you know plug there um you're like you know, regionally nationally and then internationally and uh i i don't want our listeners to think for for the listeners that ha maybe they haven't uh become familiar with your music yet or anything like that Absolutely. i don't want them to think okay because i haven't heard his music yet that that means he's not really booming on that level oh the fact yeah, is, is yeah, that you yeah, really yeah. are right yeah yeah oh, absolutely him, right so i'll take that go, go ahead and thank you neutron real yeah quick. yeah yeah him, he, neutron yeah. is hilarious him henson yeah, okay. him henson <laughs> him. uh yeah i could be here for a little bit yeah, yeah. i mean i'm rocky tirade you know quintessential artist mc cultivator of culture purveyor of punchlines hardest working man to flow business in this moment in time you know what i've been doing is really uplifting the bars when it comes to you know phoenix lyricism I hear, you know, one of the few people that was at that time able to, you know, take that flag and stamp that all across like the indie sphere and what have you. You don't have to be a triple A artist to find your own level of success. And I've been very fortunate, very blessed, very honored to be able to travel the world and, and you know, represent this culture that has given me so much life. I say all the time, I'm just a 14 year old kid in the back of the city bus listening to, to, to mixed CDs that I burnt off like LimeWire and everything. So yeah. to be able to, you know, 
contribute to this culture that I hold so ne- so near and dear is it's 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 been amazing. So um, you know, there's so many different people that you can check out, so many different avenues. But for my following, I hate using the term cult because you know there's certain connotations that come with it. But like my kind of cult base and what have you has been very supportive over the years and has allowed me the ability to like you know use this art as a platform to talk about things that you know can resonate with with people. You know, all in the spirit of like MCN and in the spirit of you know how we said peace, love, unity, have a fun, dropping knowledge. Exactly. So, exactly. So. When um, you talk about that as a sort of baseline um, for your brand, you know, um, MC, thought leader, uh, entertainer, performer, um, and then you transition into a community leader, an activist, and a person who's kind of immersed in a different way into the culture. Um, obviously I, 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 my belief, and I'm sure you would agree is that you'll forever be an artist. Sometimes artistic oh, people it yeah. just kind of beams from them. And I, I found yeah. art and uh, there's been a bit of an, uh, an intersection between your art and your activism. And I think that that is something that, uh, shows growth on your part, but it's Thank inspired you. art and it's inspired activism as well. It's, it's a different type of activism from, you know, the sort of, we shall overcome type of activism. Now. I want to talk about not only that, but sort of what has come as a result of that. So first thing, Jacob Rayford, a.k.a. Rocky Tirade, is the co-chair for the Maricopa County Democratic Party's Black Engagement Committee. Now, we're talking about the importance of holding office, and I'll I'll make a point a little bit later. First off, talk to us about what that means, being the co-chair for the Maricopa County Democratic Democratic Party's Black Engagement Committee. What is what does that entail? You know, I, I feel like I, me and people, you know, my my peers within that committee serve as a, a conduit, you know, between like the community and uh, you know politics and what mm-hmm. have you. You know, uh, there is justifiable um, cynicism when it comes to politics and you know, historically speaking, you know, the black community and what have you. So to be able to kind of use this platform as a means to engage with people and show them that, you know, we can be politically empowered, show up in unison and in move as a community. You know, that's one of the many aspects that the black engagement community champions uh, our community champions and what have you. Um, sure. So everything from voter registration, speaking about various policies, um, you know, things that are relevant to our community and kind of channeling that through our legislative districts, because you do have, uh, you have your school districts, you have your, um, you know, congressional districts and you have something called a legislative district and within that legislative district is um, where your lawmakers for your state come from so you know you have your uh, how, uh, state house of representatives and your state senators and that's where your laws are generated and pushed through to the governor and the governor signs it off and what have you but um you know we are able to point to people's legislative districts, empower them to become what is called a precinct committee person, show up to these meetings. And it's just once a month meetings. Anybody can do this um, and, you know, champion the things that matter to their community, uh, be able to engage in those uh, small level political actions like, you know, voting for or uh, championing for various uh, candidates to come out of their communities and thereby over time change the landscape, uh, politically speaking, of their legislative districts. I sure. mean, their communities. I mean, for instance, I'm in Legislative District 8 in Tempe, Arizona. So that's like, um, for, for those who may not be aware of how that works, it's kind of like broken off into various parts of communities. So it might intersect intersect in between different communities, say, um, 
my legislative district in my community is North Tempe, Arizona, East Phoenix, uh, Northwest Mesa, South Scottsdale. Okay. So, you know, as you can see, someone who understands the, 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 has a familiarity with the community here, it takes over various parts of communities and what have you. And that is where the law for our state is based out of. So when you think of the Black Engagement Committee, you think of, you know, community representatives that are also engaged in the political party who can serve as a bridge between the neighborhoods and the political party. And then using that as a means to empower other people to do the same. Okay. So now here's the thing that I thought was relevant for today's episode. So recently on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, which is another show that I do, um, I had Dr. Camilla Westenberg as a guest, yes, right? Yes, uh, the woman shot. that we referred to earlier in the show uh, as as our favorite ski wee. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they always get mad when I call them ski wees. But anyway, um, Dr. Westenberg had a conversation with me recently about some of the goings on in Florida, yeah. uh, particularly the goings on. Uh, relative to the uh, educational standards or the changing educational standards there. Right, right. And a lot of that that takes place in Florida and indeed uh, around the country, uh, I'm not going to suggest that, you know, the governor of Florida has nothing to do with it because clearly he does. But um, a lot of that has to do with just people getting involved, getting engaged, showing up to school board meetings on and on and on and yes. people getting elected. Yes, right. Absolutely. And so uh, for people that think running for office really entails, I have to be the governor or I have to be the uh, senator yeah, yeah, yeah. or, you know, something like that, that feels a little uh, might, might feel normal. Yeah. A and, little, and a little bit yeah. beyond what their capabilities right. would, um, or rather their circumstances would allow. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are other other ways to get involved and other ways to get active. Um, I don't believe that the things that you do, at least to me, they don't seem particularly taxing. And, and indeed, when you talk about them, it's just kind of a base level. I care about this issue. I'm willing to dedicate some time to it and make some meaningful inroads or an impact. Yeah. And what happens is, A lot of times the deeply conservative opposition to our positions, uh, they are engaged way more than liberal folks are. In fact, I, I, I quoted, uh, Malcolm X, I believe it was, who said that we are not outnumbered. We are out organized. And so, um, that's why I kind of wanted to talk to you today about, um, how significant it is to, to hold not necessarily elected uh, positions, but to hold some sort of position in the community where you are given a voice. And so while we're on the subject of the That's exactly yeah, the, the Democratic Amer- yeah. Party's Black Engagement Committee, um, talk to us about how a person gets to that position. Right. So, I mean, that's a specific committee. But when you talk about being organized, I mean, the, the whole concept of converting people into what is you know, in a uh, official title, which is a precinct committee man, woman, person, that is a form of organizing in itself. I mean, I've been involved in politics for a few years now, but it took about a year and a half or so for me to understand or be um, educated on what a precinct committee person is, because unless you're deeply involved in the day-to-day actions of, say, local politics, you may not know what it is. Um, But it's one of those things where, you know, by itself, there is not 
it is not significant by itself. Yes, it's important by itself. Like, but when you think about organizing groups of precinct committee p- people to vote on behalf of a specific bylaw that thereby shapes your legislative district or to um, help vote for things that pertain to the Maricopa County uh, Democratic Party um, or to even run for office um, for like low level office in your legislative district. Say you want to be the chair, the co-chair, the secretary, the treasurer and have this like foundational infrastructural influence on your legislative district, meaning a huge part of your city or community you could do that or run for uh for office within your the maricopa county democratic party in itself you can be say the chair or the vice chair or have this infrastructural like influential role in you know for speaking i know this is very local and this is broadcast to you know various communities but this applies to all of your communities you can uh, be influential in you know, from a county standpoint for your entire party. Now you have somebody from your community who's able to speak to things that they know know from a firsthand perspective, show up, affect change, and, you know, do that in a way that benefits your community and benefits, you know, the push towards a more progressive society. Sure. So um, when you speak of like Malcolm X's quote, that is one of the ways in which we can do that because as someone who is helping organize the protest back in 20, 2020, one of the things that we're telling people is that this is a pivot towards uh, policy change. Mm-hmm. Protesting is a pivot towards policy change. And at the end of the day, everything starts and ends around policy. So to, to be involved in, say, a Black engagement committee or just to be someone who is involved in local politics, that is a means of affecting policy change because you're naturally going to create ripples in that water sure. just by being involved and like educating people on how to do that. And it's something it's so minimal and it's it's really what you what you can make of it. If right. you want to be completely involved on a day to day basis and you want to, you know, show up and canvas and knock doors and or you want to call and phone bank and convince people to be more politically engaged. OK, cool. If you have family, if you have a family, a growing family, if your nine to five is is, is taking you away or say you're having, I don't know, given the climate they're in right now, financial troubles and you're too stressed to think about things going on at that particular time. It's OK, but just be registered to be able to affect change when those opportunities present itself, yeah. when those times to vote present itself, when those times to uh, prepare your community to vote and show up in mass in order to affect change at the ballot shows up. Yeah. So it, it's one of those things that is the foundation of like political organizing. It's being a precinct committee person. And I feel that inadvertently or maybe in, intentionally given the conversation that you want to have uh, we have been bottlenecked from being able to be involved in that so me showing up as someone from outside of this political landscape now recognizing this information i'm trying to impart this information on other individuals so they can go out there become their own platform and you know within their own ecosystem bring in other people in, and we just create that ripple effect and then within our specific community we build a stronger black political presence well said so well said so um, I think that you touched on something really significant because if I'm honest, I once upon a time felt that holding any sort of office came with a lot of pressure, came with a lot of responsibility. And I'm sure that it, that they all do. Oh, yeah. But um, these specific type of pressures and responsibilities included fundraising. I have to raise money to, you know, to launch a campaign. I have to 
be extremely educated on all the issues and 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 issues that aren't even relevant to the the particular task that I'm trying to perform. Um, I have to, you know, not work. I have to, you know, on and on and on. I just I the monster that it became prevented me from kind of looking in that general direction. And as I began to associate with people who were holding elected office, I realized that absolutely that's true for different positions, different, different positions but yeah. it's not true for every position. Right. And there's a level, uh, there's different levels of engagement and there's a space for everyone, everyone who chooses to be engaged beyond Okay, I'm registered to vote. I cast a vote every four years. Right, right. right. Um, or every two years. Hopefully it's every two years at least. Um, but there's a level of engagement beyond that. And I think that that's significant because, you know, as you mentioned, the more information that makes its way to us, the more we feel like, uh, or the, rather the better we're able to determine the degree to which we've been disenfranchised. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, for those people who have been affected fiscally, for those people who realize that they have to work two nine to fives and ultimately happen upon the truth that their life should not be this way. Life should not be a okay, cap to work. And then I get old and then I die. And that's what I did with my life. That doesn't seem right. And people make money off of me so that they could live good. And I cannot get out of my circumstances easily. And when I do, there are systems and external forces in place uh, that prevent that. And there's this narrative that suggests that education and hard work are the keys to accessing the fortune that, you know, these other people enjoy, which the bootstrappy language. For the, yeah, yeah. For the most part, that is not realistic and it's not accurate. There's tons of people who are educated and live the same life as, you know, the poorest of us. There's tons of people who, you know, the bootstrappy sort of language, this, yeah. this um, this narrative that exists to suggest that everyone is in their own predicament as a result of their own choices. And there are not systemic issues present uh, that are suppressing people's um, rightful life paths. Right. So for folks that feel like they should push back against the life that they have been kind of forced into boxed into Political engagement is one way of affecting change that maybe you can enjoy in your lifetime. And if not, do you want your children to live as tough a life right. as you? And so um, I appreciate having learned really through watching you and, and a handful of other people um, become engaged um, in formal capacities. You know, I'm, I never left radio. So this is still I'm still in the nest. I'm still very comfortable here. Um but you absolutely have done that. And that's something that I've always done my best to commend you for and say, right. you know, how proud I am of you. Um, but also you've made it less of a monster than it once was. Good. And I think Good. that, that, uh, it's important for us to suggest to those would be, um, activists, uh, or sorry, those would be individuals who, who would be politically engaged beyond, yeah. again, casting a vote every two years. It's important to suggest that you're a living, breathing example of how engagement can enhance your life, can, can allow you to create change in your community, and doesn't necessarily cost you so much to where it's prohibitive. Yeah. So I appreciate yeah. you saying that. Thank much. you.
Yeah, and thank thank you for 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 mentioning that that last part because you know I I myself was once you know hit with like imposter syndrome and you know especially like working in the ACLU and we could talk about that later. Um, but you know looking at this uh, like the political landscape is like this huge monolith and almost being we're really being intimidated by that because you know I I'm an MC and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And first I started recognizing that's that's like the kind of Eurocentric like centering around around what professionalism is because at the end of the day like I was still able to go from being an MC to being in these rooms of people who have been you know politically engaged going back as far as like the you know courses of study that they took um in, in university and what have you and because at the end of the day like this all is about community engagement everything centers around the the neighborhoods the families the working class families you know the people who are on the receiving end of policy change and so who better than people from around the neighborhoods to show up and be engaged in whatever way shape or form And, and like i'm saying um and like i'm saying um you know you don't have to be there's different levels you can run for office and like um from the from you can run for like a high level office or you can be a precinct committee person um at the very bottom of uh you know this line or like tiers of like political engagement and still affect change in, w- in ways that work for you all right uh hold that thought we're going to come right back after this <laughs> <laughs> 